podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index Podcast. I'm your host, Trev Denny, and I'm joined tonight by all three of Carl Kopak, Cam Branch, and Guy Drinkle for this bumper edition of the podcast, our official season starter. What with the game only days away, uh, less than three, I believe. Uh, so this is all exciting times. Obviously, we will speak a little bit or a lot about that particular game and <clears throat> what we'd like to see and all the rest of it. Speculation is only so much fun, however. So we'll see where that goes. But we all have something to start with, as is usual. So I'm going to begin by chatting to you about what I've got for you this week, <clears throat> which is something I can't recommend enough. It's a book I found, and the book is called, uh, let me just be sure of this, The Madman's Library. Okay, it is an incredible piece of work. It's basically a book, and I would I can't wait to get my hands on the actual physical book itself. I've got the ebook version, um, but I've ordered the physical book. I'd imagine it'd be almost coffee table-esque because there's incredible illustrations in this. But the idea is that it's a book about unusual books. Now, it's not just nerds like me who will find this interesting because some of the madness in here is remarkable. I think I'll be dipping into this on a regular basis. I found in one chapter where they were looking at the more sort of body end of things, various interesting titles that in the mid 1700s, gentlemen of London in particular. And Carl, as a, as a lad who spent a lot of time there, did you know that Covent Garden was particularly associated with the oldest uh, craft, uh, also known as prostitution? Did you know that? Uh, I didn't know Covent Garden, though, and I know that the area around um, Shakespeare's Globe um, was known for that so much so that there was, if, if, can you please put your hands across your children's ears, uh, was known as Fuck Street. Yeah, they're cutting cutting straight to it. I mean, apparently a Covent Garden nun was a prostitute and uh, all sorts of other euphemisms. Now, there was a book published for the frequenters of said area uh, in which there was a list of up to 150 to 200 various ladies and there was a little sort of bio on each of them so the gentleman could go around and um, <clears throat> choose who it was they would like to visit with and this was remarkable to me reading some of the little descriptions and stuff like that what a strange strange world to live in but what I've got for you today is basically at the end, there's a chapter on the strangest book titles ever. Uh, and I just got to read some of these out to you because what I want to do is I'd like to dip into some of these uh, at some point and do what we did a little bit with the Steve Bruce thing and read something because what must be in these must be madness. I'm going to start with the oldest, which is around about the year 910, written by a, a fella called Ecloga de Calvis or de Calvi. And it was, and this is what took my fancy, called In Praise of Bald Men by a French <laughs> monk. Um, the next one, next oldest one I've got is from 1558 called The First Blast of the Trumpet Against the Monstrous Regiment of Women by John Knox. I don't know about you, but I want to read that. Uh, let's just say the next one is remarkable. This is by Jonathan Swift, writing under his pseudonym of 
Countess of Fizzleromp. Oh, yeah. So the name of the music was called Ars Musica, or The Lady's Back Report. Nice. <laughs> oh, you gotta love this. Um, let me pick another one for you. <clears throat> yes. 1799, David Daggett wrote this tome. Sunbeams may be extracted from cucumbers, but the process is tedious. Uh, how could you not want to read more about that? I, I, I defy anyone not to be interested. I have two more for you before we finish. I could go on and on and on. These are fantastic. I do like Cui uh, Nangail's book from 1912 called An Irishman's Difficulty with the Dutch Language, but that sounds like it'd be quite serious. I'm going to get to some of the best. From 1930, Dr. Ira D. Cardiff said, what would Christ do about syphilis? As the title for his book. <laughs> I mean, you've got to love that. And let me pick a really belter one to finish on. I mean, I don't even know. Oh, yes. 1972, Jack Douglas wrote the following book. The Jewish... But from the Carry On films? But pardon me? But from the Carry On films? A different Jack Douglas. This is called The Jewish Japanese Sex and Cookbook and How to Raise Wolves. So, I mean, I think we're covered there. (laughs) I will find some really... The Joy of Chickens, there's another one. How to Avoid (laughs) Huge Ships. How to Avoid Huge Ships, written in 1993 by John W. Trimmer. And I read a piece of this book, and it's about how to avoid huge ships. I'm lost for words. Carl, what have you got for us to start with? Um, Well, I've I've been thinking about the opening day of the season and and where it's going to be played and... uh, and I'm going to it, so it'll sit up most of my mind. It's been my first game in many, many a month for obvious reasons. And my quote is this. That was Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell, a song in which Joni complains they pay paradise to, pick up, to put up a parking lot, a measure which actually would have alleviated traffic congestion on the outskirts of paradise, something which Joni sig- singularly fails to point out, perhaps because it doesn't quite fit in with their blinkered view of the world. Nevertheless, nice song. It's 4.35 a.m. You're listening to Off With The Partridge. Yeah. Doesn't get much more Alan than that. No. no. That, that, I, think, I, I wanted a long quote and I just thought, yeah, actually, the, the, the Joni Mitch one has just got every element of Partridge in it. Yeah. Magic. So that perfectly. Magic. Love it. We're on the run. Uh, Cam, what have you got to start with? Um, Nothing as uh, spectacular as what you two gents have been doing, but um considering what's going on in the world right now for um this is sort of touching on that uh, here we go we do not realize that bees are the foundation i think of the growth of the planet the vegetation now i'd agree with that it's funny you mentioned that because this brings us around full circle to the fact that I still haven't told you about Morgan Freeman and the no, Beats. You can't, you can't do it, Trev. Uh, so at this point, I, I, I'm just going to let that let people look that up themselves. Uh, who is that from? Morgan Freeman. 
Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's magical. That's magical. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the big man gets his moment. Oh, that's tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, we should just leave it at that. I forgot to talk about, um, Oh man, there's so many more of these I should have mentioned. Guy, what have you got for us? As as everyone knows, and hopefully looking forward to, I'm here for the art of cinema. Yep. Yes, yes. Indeed. And this week, I bring an example from Amazon Prime. So this is free advertising. So Amazon, if you want to sponsor us, hit us up. <laughs> <coughs> this I can help is... you with that. They don't. Well, maybe after this. Um, this is a film called Killer Sofa. <laughs> yes. Best to not hide behind your sofa for this one. Killer sofa does not does for chairs what Jaws did for sharks. When a killer lazy boy chair falls in love with a girl, it's up to disgraced Jewish rabbi, a voodoo sorceress, and a couple broken-hearted detectives to figure out how to stop the bloody carnage that will follow. This completely bonkers comedy horror is a so. For King Good. Oh, very good. Oh, they've even got that in at the end. That that is tremendous. Is 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 there something that you could? Is, could people actually watch this? Is, did you see this on a stream? This is on Amazon Prime. Wow, 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 wow. Sorry, you did say that already. Yes. Wow. Okay, Amazon Prime. Okay, um, that's remarkable. That's mm. re- that's remarkable. It's uh, again the the title for people who rush out to to watch this immediately after the show's over. Killer yeah. Sofa, three point six stars. Imagine it got three point six stars though. Imagine it only got that. Who is who is downvoting a film called Killer Sofa? <laughs> <laughs> What's your fancy tonight, love? Do you know Do you know what? Something a bit furniture based. <laughs> my my biggest ilk with it is that it's actually a chair. It's not a sofa. Oh, what will they learn? Eh? Maybe four and a half for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should move on. That's some speed. That's some speed. I was doing the first show of the season with Jan the other evening. Guy was recording, so he's heard the chat. And we had a little bit of a conversation afterwards, and you know, I mentioned to Jan that uh, I'd gotten a little bit of blowback on the um, first team potential first team that he picked. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't I didn't drop anyone in it, Cam, but I did. I did let him know that you know, and you know, he, he pretended not to register it. Then he circled back and absolutely did acknowledge it. And it turns out he's not going to be far from right. Because uh, it turns out if we go by what happened on the two friendlies, with the likelihood of Sunday's team being closer to a starting 11, um, it could well be the case. Now, obviously, we've had a little bit of heartbreaking news initially that has been tempered slightly. But again, it's a Liverpool injury. So who the hell knows? It's always vague. Um, with Andy Robertson. But aside from that, the most encouraging thing, the thing that Jan and I were buzzing off the most in the show is the fact that we've got a full squad. And Cam, let me go straight to you on this. I mean, um, Trev, if you didn't see, Curtis Jones has got a concussion as well. 
Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that broke that, like, was, just before the show. <laughs> was that, that obviously training, right? Yeah. Uh, no, that was in the game. Uh, Monday game. Was yeah, it? Okay. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. They I say he's I... out for the weekend, but if you take concussions properly now, that'd probably be a couple games, wouldn't it? It would be two games minimum, isn't it? Mm. Okay, okay. Well, there, there, there we go. I mean, there we go, and hopefully that's not the beginning of the 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 the, the an ongoing uh, shit show. I don't think there's a great chance of Curtis having gotten near starting eleven. Um, but Cam, it's a good place for us to start. I think yeah. it's a very good place for us to start. Uh, I don't know if you watch the friendlies. I'm just going to put my hands up here and say, yes, I realize that I do this in a, in a professional capacity, but preseason means jack shit to me. And I wasn't going to sign up for LFC TV go just to watch these matches because I'm not going to keep that on. And I want to, I, I want to, I, if anything, I'm trying to minimize my uh, subscriptions to, uh, things I don't really need. Um, what so what's that? Kill us over. I should <laughs> obviously, obviously, I'm getting a free month of Amazon Prime just for that movie. That's 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 not even up for debate. Um, but 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 Cam, I mean, where do you where, where how do you see it going? I mean, it's not quite the boring question you might imagine because, like it's I said, no, 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 and based on the last two matches, there's there's a lot up there. There are certain ones you would imagine are set in stone, but when it, when it starts to get interesting is after you go keeper right back. Then you gotta pick two center halves. And I'm not 100% sure who that will be. We're very, very fortunate. I'm grasping wood as I say that, that we seem to have four, uh, our four best and the two reserve lads who did a good job towards the end of the season when we really needed them uh, to pick from. So let's start there. I mean, who do you go for in that, in that uh, central defensive partnership against Norwich? I haven't got a clue. Honestly, I haven't got a clue. Uh, I watched, um, the game on Mon- was it Sunday? I managed to watch the game on Sunday. Bill Bowers Sunday. Bill Bowers Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the first one, the Bill Bowers game, and um, obviously the injury to Robbo was was huge. So that that tells me that um, I know I'm not I'm not answering the question, but uh, it tells me Allison's in goal. Simicast will be left back, and and Trent will be right back. I think most people agree on those three. The centre halves now. I honestly thought, because of the way looking at the, the team that started on Sunday, I, I thought most of them would be starting on Saturday. So I honestly thought it was going to be Virgil and, and Matisse. But then the little clips I've seen of Monday's game, Joe and Canate played really, really well. So it makes you wonder, the most Logical one out of the four to start now for me because they're going to be the closest to full fitness and match fitness would be Canate. Yeah, you're talking about people who had a full program of preseason are the most likely to start. That's just how it's going to go. Like Thiago and Hendo were on the bench on... Yeah. Monday night, uh, having been out with Knox and stuff like that, Hendo's obviously on his way back from a much longer situation, and 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 Thiago had a, started preseason and had to, had to drop out and all the rest of it. So yeah, and and Canate's had hasn't he had a full preseason with us? Yeah. Um, 
Virgil, I don't. I, I, it's only three games. He's, he's he featured missed. Yeah, he missed the first few. Yeah. He missed certainly missed the first. I three think or he four. played her for onwards. Oh, did he? Okay. I think so. Okay. Okay. So he's had. Yeah, maybe... he played a he played a half or something, didn't he? Yeah. So he's Came had minutes. The last thirty minutes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so he's had minutes in, in, in a yeah. few games, and Joe's had minutes in a few games. And uh, front and center through all the preseason videos I've seen uh, has been Joel Matip, who I assume has, was able to play yeah. from the start. So Joel and Kanate are the two who've had the fullest preseasons, I think. I mean, honestly, yeah. I, where I where I landed on this cam was I don't really care which of the four lads it is because we're looking at super footballers there who can do a job. And the one thing that that Jan was picking out, having been at the game in person on Monday and watching it very closely uh, on, I think, LFC TV or whatever on Sunday was that the passing from the centre-backs into feet, he said, was fantastic from all of them. I, that's that's Kanate especially. He loved to break that line. He loved to be, he was always looking for the, not the midfield player, the easy pass. He wanted to split it, and it was such a joy to see a centre back with such great progressive passing. He had a he had a good long ball. Virgil had a obviously pinging him out to Mo was a joy to see as well. So it, it's like, what do you do? We all know Virgil is greatest defender in the world. Logic says you start with the greatest defender in the world. But I still don't think he's quite match fit. There were signs in the game on Sunday where I thought he's got caught out of position and he's not busting a gut to get back into position. And I saw that a couple of times and I thought, is that because he just not he doesn't want to exert himself too much yet? You know, he's still building his fitness up, or is it just he, he just feels there's enough there to deal with whatever? Because on Sunday they they were they were pinging in a few crosses. Um, were Bilbao, and I was like, that's a bit worrying, you know. That that they're finding that a little bit too easy at times. They could have had, a, you know, a couple of better balls. They could have had a couple of goals in that first half quite easily. Mm. So um, I don't know. And I'm not saying it was Virgil's fault, but like I say, he got caught out a couple of times. So that shows that he's not quite to his the sharpness that we want to see yet. How do you get your sharpness by playing games? So for me, it's a it's a toss up between the three. Between I don't think it'll be Joe Gomez. Um, I think it's between Joel, Canate, and Virgil. And you could you can throw a you could put a Rizzler paper between the three to say who's going to start. Your guess yeah. is as good as mine. Yeah, and I guess obviously we, you know, all things being equal, it's a matter of time before you know, you know, Virgil becomes the fixture that he is, and then it's who's going to join him. And if we can keep all those guys fit, holy shit, it's it's tremendous, it's exciting. And I know we've had a couple of uh, kicks in the face there already with Robbo. I I I think that's minor. Hopefully it's minor. Yeah, hopefully yeah, it's well, minor. He said it's it's minor ligaments, but. Uh... Um, and the club has said around about the international break, he will be fine. Yeah, so like, we've got we, we've got three games before the international break, and then the international break is whatever it is, and we'd be looking at whatever game it is after that for him to come back for. Hopefully, I mean that's I think pretty much where we're at with it. I it's not ideal. I I 
far prefer we had different uh, a different setup. But we've got Saturday coming Norwich, Saturday following that Burnley, the Saturday following that Chelsea. So it's all very straightforward. That brings us up to the 28th of the month. And then our next game isn't until the 12th of September against Leeds United. So in that, you'd imagine there's ample recovery time. So we're looking at Simicus, um, and that would be interesting in and of itself. Lots of good reports from his showings in pre-season. And guy, that brings us forward to a midfield situation, which is no less... Uh, uh, muddled in people's heads because again of the fact that we have so many players available which is bloody fantastic um, I said to Jan the last day that for me the default midfield would be the captain Fabinho and Thiago mm-hmm. in terms of the people who I would imagine Jurgen would have as his go-to I think Jan said it as well that they would be the most likely go-to for big Champions League games I think that's probably fair to say. And then it's up to other people to play their way in, yeah. regardless of your preferences for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not necessarily going to be, in fact, it's not going to be the case against Norwich, you would imagine, given the lack of game time that Hendo's had and the recent knock that Thiago's had. So who do you see starting there from the people that you've seen in preseason and you like the look of what they're doing? Yeah, I think I think you're spot on with the uh, the two, Thiago and Hendo, definitely not playing. I think a lot depends on how fit Fabinho is, because he didn't play barely anything at the uh, Copper America, so maybe he'd be alright to start. I think he's had a couple weeks of actual pre-season trainings, and we don't really have an alternative there, because Milner and Naby can't really play the deepest. So I'd say Fabinho, if he's not rusty as anything. And then, going off pre-season, I think it'd be Naby and Milner. I think that's the ones that have played together the most. And then Fabinho's obviously the one in the natural position. But Harvey's played really well, so it wouldn't surprise me if Klopp threw him in. But at the same time, when does Klopp ever tinker too much or surprise us too much with, with midfield selection? I mean, it was basically Ginny, Henderson and Fabinho for like every game possible. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it'd be the three I mentioned. I think... The only thing is Ox played really well at the weekend. Or was it yeah. whenever the hell he played? Whichever game he played. But I think Milner and... I'm pretty sure Mil- Milner and Naby have played together in all the games. And Ox was obviously a false nine for the first few games whilst Bobby was away. So I think if you want to build up patterns and stuff for pre-season, I'd say it's probably Milner and Naby with Fabinho. And if Fabinho isn't ready... Uh... Please get ready to sub him on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. if if it's not Fabinho, I'd probably say ugh, pick between Ox and Elliot. Probably Ox because he's more of a natural midfielder. But I don't know who played the deepest there. Probably Milner. Probably Milner. You see, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. Mm. I mean, I, I'd agree with you, and, and Carol would bring you into this as well and segue into the attack if you've any opinion on this and you want to. Uh, uh, correct. I, I think that you've, you, you, you disagree with, but I, I think guys, right. I think Miller's been his go-to. Um, and he's the senior player around the club and it's pre-season and he's as fit as he's going to be. Um, so I would imagine there's a high likelihood of Jimmy Miller starting. I'd imagine Nabi Keita, who's had a, apparently by all, by all reports, a very impressive pre-season. We'll get his opportunity, and that means that we're all keeping our fingers crossed for Vino 
can be the third there. That's who it would be for me. What do you reckon, man? And then, and then lead us into from that, if you would, into the 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 attack because there's another interesting question, at least one there to be asked. I, th- I think he's going to go. Um, uh, the thing about Milner is, I think he really, he likes Milner to come on and secure the win rather than start him unless he absolutely has to start him. You know, if he's got to rest the fullback, he'll put Milner there. But 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 what he what he, t- he tends to sort of like you know one nil getting a bit dodgy they're doing all right ten minutes to go get 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 him on there and send you know sure things up a bit um, so starting the first game of the season I, I don't know but then again I can't really see an alternative he might he might play the captain um, if he's fit enough because I know he, he did get on um, I think it probably is going to be Kaita I think it's um, have your own views around that I, I've got mine uh, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, Kaiser does tend to start the season quite well before he inevitably limps off. But um, uh, as for the forwards, I think it's probably going to be Jota over Firmino, although although Firmino did score. So I, I think it was going to be this is going to be a very very interesting year for Diogo for Diogo Jota. I really do. I think he'll want to be by the end of it. I think he'll want the shirt. Also. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I think it's going to be an interesting thing because also and I, I will I will repeat this throughout the season. Liverpool are getting old. What do you think about the potential for, uh, this is something Jan said, and I don't think it's controversial, I think it's um, hopeful. Um, he said that Jota could be anything, is what he said. Yeah, he, could be, he could be, in fact, our 25-goal-a-season man, for a couple of seasons at least. Yeah. Um, that's what he could be. And he's shown that. He's got a happy knack of being in the right place in the right time. And um, in the early part of, of the, the his, his time here, when he was doing things instinctively, his finishing was stunning. Um, it got a little bit patchy um, when he came back. But, you know, these things happen. So he could be anything. And, 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 and Bobby, yeah, Bobby... Uh, it's the loyalty thing, Carl, isn't it? You know, and it's about having senior members and senior men that he trusts on the pitch, especially to get a campaign started where you don't want to drop the ball early on. Um, and as, as Guy said, Bobby's gotten minutes, hasn't he? He has gotten minutes. So yeah. it's, it's hard to, it's hard to know. I mean, if you had to pick it, you'd say Sadio Mo and, and Diogo Jota for, for Norwich. Yeah. I mean, if Jürgen Klopp does anything, it's he plays favorites all the time. He, he just does, you know. He will he will sign anyone he wants, but ideally he likes the same people. Um, so I think for me, it probably is his number one first choice at the moment. But um, obviously they're all going to get rest because we are going to win all four trophies this year, which isn't going to be easy. But we're definitely, 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 definitely going to do that. Um, so um, I, I, it's it's uh, as the Duncan Jenkins FC used to say on Twitter, um, it's horses for courses. <laughs> it will be. I would love to have a full season of Jurgen Klopp having the peace of mind to be able to play horses for courses. I would love that. I think the man deserves it. I think it was so traumatic the year that he had for personal reasons, watching the team that he built be torn apart by injuries and misfortune and stupid fucking decisions. And I would love him to have the comparative ease of a season where the only headaches he has is tough at the top headaches about selection. That would be, I think, uh, his d- just desserts. I hope he gets it. Like you, I'd be very bullish about us having a chance at at, at, um, at um, bringing a few pots back home to the Anfield press on um, 
on season's end. But I want us to just start with or continue in, into this conversation with a, a, another sort of interesting question. We should address it and it will be probably the last time we do it because the season will be up and running next week when we're doing the show. And who gives a shit really about speculation when there's an actual season to talk about? But again, Mr. Morby had heard amongst his um, cohort, uh, side and elsewhere, that there is the talk of one person being brought in before the conclusion of the window. And I find that interesting because in the past, it's been put out there clearly, that's it, business done, there will be nothing more. They're not afraid to do that. But if there is this talk of someone coming in, that's very interesting. And the question I put to Jan, and I go full, full way around the three of ye on this, was if we were to bring someone in, where would you like that person to be brought in? Whereabouts in the team do you think we could do with bolstering? Um, what area of the of the team? I'm not asking you to pick a player. We don't have to go into that because that's nonsense talk. And there aren't enough strong links. You know, the Saul thing won't go away. There's mentions of this Lavage kid from a few people. But, I mean, it's just, it's all shit talk. There's no solid links. So let's not worry about that too much. But where do you think we need to bolster? What area of the team would you like? I'll get it started by saying... And I'll go to Cam. For me, I'd like us to bring in a ready to go forward. If we're going to spend money, I'd like us to spend money and go and, and buy a forward that can come in and be in that cycle. And there won't be any appreciable fall off. And that means spending big. So I'd love us to see, I'd love to see us spending big in the attack because I think we have lots of defenders. I think we have lots of midfielders. I'd like to see us spending big in attack. That's just a personal preference. Cam, where would you go? If if this um, rumoured player to come in turns out to be true, where would you like to see that player slot in? Midfield. Oh, okay. Tell me why. We have to replace the Ginny minutes or contribute towards the Ginny minutes. You're not going to get Ginny minutes um, out of Milner, Hendo and... If Naby's anything to go by previous seasons, Naby, that's 4,000 minutes, uh, 5,000 minutes or something. Ginny played last season, 36 out of the 38 games. In the isn't, it, isn't it possible Thiago could do that? And isn't Thiago, in many ways, the guy who comes in and goes from being, you know, that default midfield setting of Ginny, Hendo, Fab, to being Thiago, Hendo, Fab? Isn't it possible that Thiago could do those minutes. I know he's third, well, but that's it's not ancient. Yeah, it's, no. They're all thirty. Yeah. They're all they're all thirty. Hendo is playing less and less every season. You we've got to face facts. He's 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 struggling. And um so you can't rely on Hendo now. So we're not gonna you Thiago is a is a must to start with with Fabinho. That's still that one spot you've got to fill with four thousand, five thousand minutes. Are you going to, can you honestly, hand on heart, say you're going to get 4,000 minutes out of knowing what's happened in the last few seasons? Because I think Hendo, over the last few seasons, he's actually playing less and less and less. Not dramatically less and less and less, but he's definitely playing less and less and less. So you're not going to rely on Hendo to get you 4,000 minutes. You're not, you're not going to, definitely not going to rely on Milner to get you 4,000 minutes. You, you're looking at Curtis Jones to come in and play more minutes. But then don't forget, you've still got to give Iago a rest. You've still got to give Fabinho a rest. 
we can't be relying on these guys to be playing every single game and every single minute. We need a midfielder, a solid midfielder. We've got nobody who can actually replace Fabinho. You know, we've already said if Fabinho doesn't start on Saturday, who's playing the six? Yeah. It, it's, it's an issue. Yeah, it's a very compelling argument that you're making there. I have to say, it's a very compelling argument. And, um, go, and, and just to go back to your forward one, you're, yeah, you're forgetting on. we've got Minamino and we've got Ox. We've still got Shakiri. I'm, 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 I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. So, you know, there's got, four players. You know, Shakiri, Shakiri, Shakiri will be going if... If this player is going to come in, Shakiri is going to be one of the people yeah, who will be. That's, going to yeah. that's happening. Shakiri and Nat Phillips is, looks like the players that are on the it, way out. Exactly. Now you mentioned yes. Ox. Ox up front is a no mark. He turns into a crap yeah. player, whereas he's, he actually, does, he's actually he's actually an But he's an he's an excellent footballer, but he can't play up front, so that's not an option for me. Um, the one thing I would say, and the one thing I thought of after I moved on, is that. If Harvey Elliott is half of what people think he is, then maybe he's the surprise element that we can rotate in occasionally um, to make it a foursome of incredible, or fivesome rather, of incredible um, attacking potential. That's interesting. He's been playing midfield in pre-season, though. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I know, but... I just, I'd, I'd be amazed if he started midfield in it in in Premier League. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah. Guy, where do you where do you land on this in terms of an area of the team you'd like to see strengthen? If it was only one player to come in, and let's face it, we'll be lucky if we get one. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Cam. I, I think you've got to safeguard. We we saw the disaster that was centre back last season. I think most people who aren't the epitome of optimistic can see the same issue happening in midfield. We were one injury crisis away, and they looked impressive, but I don't really want to go in any game by like a League Cup game with Leighton Clarkson and Ben Woodburn starting. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want that to happen. And I, I think the thing, if we buy a forward, unless we're signing Mbappe, they're not starting. Like, they just aren't. Whereas if we sign Saul or whoever... They could break. They could break into the team because, as Cam said, Hendo's getting more and more injury prone. We know about his contract dispute. Uh, Fabinho won't be replaced. He, he can't be replaced. Um, and Thiago, if he finishes, if he starts the season like he finished, he'll probably be undroppable as well. So I think there's a play, maybe two places up for grabs in the midfield. Whereas, unless Bobby goes back to being pretty bad and Jota is still a Wolves player. I don't think there's a spot up front, whereas in midfield, I think there is a, a starter spot to be earned. And do you mean in terms of the player who we might be signing being interested and thinking they could stake a claim to a first-team place and that having a massive bearing whether he would sign or not? Is that what you're going I'd at? probably, yeah, I'd assume so. Because yeah. I think if, I, I know you said don't give, don't give name, but if if we were going to sign someone like Saul, who I think he's Atletico Madrid captain, or he was in one of the captain spots, he'd probably want to come and start. But say if we were buying... Basuma from Brighton, I, I think he'd be all right coming in as a squad player, for example. So yeah. depending who we buy, yeah. but if, as I say, if we're buying a forward, it's either going to be someone who's one for the future or Mbappe, and I don't think we'll be able to afford Mbappe. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that I think the, the the there's a potential straw man argument there around the, the whole six thing, because. Mm-hmm. You'd like to think that Jordan Henderson is going to stay fit enough to be able to contribute, and he can do a job there. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, uh, you know, uh, so that's that's that. Um, 
you know, it's not, it wouldn't be ideal, but Thiago can do it. We'd really rather he didn't have to do it because it's, he's not the same footballer when he does that. He forgets how he, to tackle there, but for some does, reason. He does. He becomes very ungainly. His tackling got better towards him as he got used to the league. If you look at the last 10 games. If the last he, 10 games, he I, wasn't playing in that position, man. The last 10 games. No, no, but he was putting tackles in. He was, tackles he was in yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it, that's what I'm what, saying. Modric can't tackle, but he plays the DLP, doesn't he? Yeah, it was in more natural positions where he was doing yeah. his thing, and he just looked—he 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 looked a better footballer. Carl, let's give you last word in this. Then, if you were to strengthen a, I, I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still pretty. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm convinced, uh, even though the two lads have gone. We're, we're all boring and say, if you just want excitement, I want excitement <laughs> in my life. Uh, Carl, where do you land on this, man? Goalkeeper, no. Um, <laughs> Go on. Yeah, I mean, Ginny has to be replaced. I mean, I, I agree with you, Trevor. I think Thiago could be that man. But again, they're all getting older and that's the worry. I see, I see the lads point of view about the fact that, you know, we haven't got a second number six. But I think that's going to be a problem with world football because this all goes back from McAuley. If, if you're as good as McAuley, then you're playing somewhere. You're not waiting behind for Pavino to get older. So that, I think that's going to be a difficult thing to do. Um, I think we will bring someone in because Klopp said that... Um, that they're looking at people, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get them. That says to me that we're going to get them, because otherwise he'd just bid it all straight away if that happened. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure to be honest. I mean, have we got enough cover at fullback? Because mm. because we were going to sell Nico a few weeks ago, so I'm not sure what's happening with right back. Milner uh, exists for that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the right on the, on, the, on the left, and but Henderson plays, you know, on the right as well. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, probably a number six, but I think I think it's it's the it's the genie thing that's going to be the the the, the thought because you you can't, you can't throw out someone who plays fifty one games a season and then not replace them. Can can, can 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 I can I throw something into the mix here? Do we necessarily have to do that? I mean, are we stuck in a formula like that that we need to replicate exactly what has gone before? Or is there a situation where it might actually be more beneficial if we were able to rotate Ox and Naby in and out, in and out of the team, depending on the opposition, if we could keep them fit, that we were able to rotate the captain in and out, in and out of the team with Thiago, with Fab, and that, you know, we could have people rotating the six with Fab there for all the games where we really need him. I mean, is that not, is that not a potential way to move forward and, and well, not be restricted? Say again? There's another thing as well. Go on. I'm fairly sure we're going to change formation. That it, mm. this is this is where I'm going. So do we do we? We're not really limited to the Ginny minutes, then, are we? No. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting one for sure. I, I think there's going to be times where we're going to go four four two. I really do, or or at least forty three one. Uh, yeah. d- d- depending on I think, and I think that is an age thing. To be honest, I think four two three one is your classic Rafa formation, and the good thing about that is we've got two lads who can play the number nine before you even think about Jota because Mane can play number nine perfectly well um, and that's when Jota comes in. It's it, Fabino, Fabino struggles with, with, I think with what on his own uh, in that mm. sort of formation but he doesn't struggle much does he? Because he, he likes to have the two lads right around them at all times so it's, I think it's a bit of a yeah. tricky one but I, I can see us changing formation. I, really I think can. if we go one up top I think you'd see... Sa- well, I say this every time someone says put Salah up front, it ends up being Manu who goes up front. But I think yeah, Salah could become yeah. a freak up front. I mean, he's already a freak now, but 
if you put him as a nine, and I don't know who we've we been linked to, that Rafinha from Leeds, he plays on the right, doesn't he? For them, if you bought yeah. him, for example, I I, I could think, see I think that. That's why we linked him, to be honest, just for that, just literally, just for that. Mm. What about what about the idea of uh, of a bigger lad who's 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 John Toshak, Ben Turk. Yeah. <laughs> what about the, the idea of 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 a more traditional target man being able to be in there in that mix that we could change it up a little bit? I don't mean that you just everyone's hitting long balls, but think about how proficient we are at pinging diagonal balls. Mm. Imagine if you had someone to fucking aim them at. That they did that someone who wasn't five foot two and had to control it with like ungodly talent uh, against a six foot four grok. I kind of wish we signed Lukaku when he was leaving oh, Chelsea the first time. This, this is where I'm <laughs> going with this. Can you, can you, you, can you imagine the fucking mm. carnage that we could wreak with the players that we have if there was someone up there to sort of do that kind of work, to, to take the ball in and lay it off or to cause chaos uh, in, uh, aerially and there'd be oh, breaking, knees. breaking balls all over the shop? I just think that could be remarkable. Well, when, when we piece. bought Balotelli, we could have got Lukaku for about 10 million more, if memory yeah, serves. Oh, don't, don't. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, can't even, I can't even begin to go into what other clubs are doing because I think that way madness lies. You mm. can't, to think about, to think about the money that that lot are spending on a player. Oh, that no, wasn't I'm not saying points. buy him now, but yeah, yeah, he would, yeah I think yeah. he would have no, been no, spot but... on years ago. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I remember um, when he was at Everton, we, we did a pod and we had the same question. And I said it then, get Lukaku. I'd have Lukaku all day, all day long. And then he ended up at Man United, didn't he? Well, and obviously he didn't do too well at Man United, but then there were, there were obviously reasons for that. It wasn't about his ability. It's called having it PE teachers in charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, Lukaku is, I think, he's a, a wonderful yeah. striker. I think he, he's got so much to his game, um, and I think he's underappreciated as a striker by by many people. They just see whatever they want to see. They don't just see what you know the the, the work rate, the movement. His touch is really good. I think um, his finishing is phenomenal. He he really is a wonderful striker for me. Yeah, which is potentially terrible news. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're hoping his medical <laughs> fails at Chelsea. Then. <laughs> oh God! I mean, like I said, like I said, and I, I'm deliberately not steering the conversation that way. I'm trying to steer away from it because it. Uh, as 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 it's as as Shakespeare says that way, madness lies. I mean, one one last thing before to... Trev, I have the I have, may have the worst tweet in football Twitter. Well, maybe not football Twitter in Twitter history. When oh, we I'd signed when we signed Balotelli, I said I think we've got the better deal out of Lukaku and Balotelli. <laughs> I I thought that was a masterpiece of a signing. Less, and you got your own show with your name in the title. I did back then, yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't on AI. Unless, they must have saw that tweet. Unless I was saying, man, though, it, that you would have been about 11 and a half at the time. I think so I was like, like I don't think stuff. I was born yet, so it might have been my dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's, let's be fair. fair. Yeah, let's be fair. Uh, we, we, we're... we're in now, and we've actually been really good and talked exclusively about football. 
I always ask at this point, is there any other topic that anyone wants to get into that's footy related before we start winding things down a bit? Just a quick laugh at Barcelona, 30 seconds. Oh, let's do that. <laughs> let's do it. Concerted oh, chuckle for 30 seconds. I mean, <laughs> I saw a tweet from you earlier on, which I think, uh, I think the, the, the sentiment of it will be shared by a lot of people about how they were a club that used to have a certain, you know, people had, had a soft spot for, but that they've systematically demolished it over the last quite yeah. or so on. Um, I wonder if you are saying that the reason for that is just because of their uh, financial shenanigans, or what, or, or, or is there more to it than that? What, what, what is it for you that's seen them fall from grace in people's favour? Well, it's, it's what they were. I mean, I, I'm interested in separatism anyway. Um, the fact that you know they they want to cede from Spain, they um, refuse to put a uh, an ab- an advert on the front of their shirts mm. because nothing is more important than the stripes. And you know, just fall to fall to fall to the brim of, of of just strong identity. This is what we do. We don't do this. We don't do the following. We don't consider ourselves Spanish, you know. And and the obviously the similarities with us in that degree as well. And then now they've just they're worse than Madrid. The Pat Elvis of world football, and PSG are also worse than Madrid. Madrid are almost palatable at this point. They're not obviously the horrible, but. Um, it's just, but what, what worries me more than anything else is people have gone in and thought like, do you know what? We can make literally like 200 billion quid here or something. Um, and then now it's all gone wrong. I bet how many of them are wondering, um, are thinking we also destroyed the culture. I don't think they are thinking that. And I just think about what, what happened to kids in Barcelona who grew up on that ideal of what Barcelona should be. I think what the hell has happened to our club here? And I'm not sure they are. So, I mean, which is yeah. a problem football not just Barcelona yeah and let's face it the game is gone lads um yesterday evening we saw we saw a tweet from Manchester City which um rivals Guy Drinkles for being the all-time worst thing ever committed to the platform the uh Peaky Blinders one um I think just someone else if that was my club I saw you say that, and I think I agree. That yeah. is just horrendous. It's yeah. it's it's just. I don't even know where to start with that. But we were laughing at other teams, so let's just uh, continue the laughing. Um, I am thinking then that if that's where we're we're we're, we're at, we should start. There's one more football related topic that we must address. I haven't seen anyone tackle this in a podcast, and it's bloody vital. What's our thinking around Jurgen and the lack of glasses? It, it disgusts me personally. Yes. I was thinking about loading myself to Middlesbrough, but their manager's Neil Warnock, so... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Although he can sort your feet out. He's a chiropodist, isn't he, Warnock? I don't know. He is, yeah. He's a trained chiropodist. Who is? Neil Warnock. Didn't that know that. Yeah, he is. I said, I said it, I said it at the end of the show. I, I, I fear change, and this, I, I'm disturbed. I, I, I keep looking at pictures, going, "What's wrong with that picture?" Oh, yeah, right, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I, I like it. Well, obviously, from a personal point of view, I'm, I'm quite upbeat about it because I think, could it be the baseball cap next? Is that going to go? And then you know, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You've just got a fucking baseball cap vendetta. That's 
all that's wrong with you. Yeah. What what is wrong? What is wrong with the ball cap? You, the greats of the, the game have worn ball caps. Yeah. You, Jurgen, you, you Tony know. Pulis. <laughs> Come on. Come on. The only guy that looks good in the baseball cap is Adriana Laserva in The Sopranos. He looks good um, in both things, obviously. A lot for me. A lot for me. Uh, Cam, you haven't weighed in on this at all. No, I, was, I find it quite amusing that you, uh, when I heard you mention it with uh, Jan about Jürgen not wearing glasses anymore and um, how it disturbed you. And I just think that's hilarious in that respect that you find something as innocuous as that quite disturbing. I mean, it's just imagine, just think of this trip. This is how he was born without glasses. He wasn't born with glasses. You do wear like that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. The Jurgen that I know is is is, is very he's a spexy man. He's a spexy man. He's a spexy man, and uh, as 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 a, a increasingly spexy man, <laughs> I know I, I can relate to him. Uh, and and the ball captain, obviously. Uh, right, we should start wrapping this up. Uh, what have you got for us on the outro side of things? Um, I know there's uh, a couple of topics that I wouldn't mind bringing up if we don't have a whole lot of stuff, but um, I'm just going to say one thing. I want to get a take from all of you on it. I was doing my shopping in Lidl on Sunday, I think, and I was getting a few bits, and uh, I bought banana Weedabix, lads. I'd never seen it before. It was a completely new thing to me. Really? Banana Weedabix. I was fascinated by the yeah. I was fascinated by his existence. So, where do you stand on banana Weedabix? I cannot stand bananas or fucking devil's food. So you're right. I'm out. You're right. Well, well, obviously, right. you can't eat bananas, can you? Right? Well, I, if I'm going to eat fruit, it best not taste like shit. So that's probably. <laughs> is, is this one... just because you can put it in an oven? I mean, you can. You can have banoffee pie. Fuck you. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you, can. you can have a banana boat. Exactly. Um, what, what, what's what's what, uh, Carl? What about yourself? Where do you stand on the whole banana Weetabix? I think I'd rather buy bananas and some Weetabix and have some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the things that go best with Weetabix is a sliced banana. Yeah. Um, Cam, you 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 seem to be nonplussed because you're completely familiar with this uh, phenomenon. Have you tasted it and do you like it? Never tried it. It's okay. never appealed to me. I mean, uh, on my Do cheat you day, I, I have weed, yeah, I have chocolate chip uh, Weetabix on my cheat, cheat day. So, can, um, I ask, can, can I ask you how you take your Weetabix? Because let me just let me just tee this up. Um, if there there are two schools of people, there are the people who eat Weetabix the correct way, and there are devils. And the people who eat Weetabix the correct way, which is the way it should be. Eaten, uh, is they put one, two, or on a big day, three Weetabix into the bowl and they pour cold milk over it. Now, exactly. I, have, I have seen people put warm milk and mash it up. These people are to be shunned. You sure they're not babies? I, I've, I've seen them. They're, they're older than me. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, so. I, I eat <laughs> mine dry like a cereal bar. 
<laughs> to go up with them, like, your insides must be like the inside of a teapot guy. Yes. <laughs> I'm an antique. Bradley. Oh, yes, of course. You're SUP. Exactly. I do I do stuff the right way, Carl. Yeah. Straight straight through him, Carl. Straight through him. <laughs> Digest- digesting food's a waste of time. <laughs> keep up with so the more... Yes, exactly. The more you can mash it in advance. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> really, really what you need is some sort of a blender and a food drip. Um, and you could just be sort of, uh, you know, getting a like little, getting a little. You're just getting a little bong hit of of grub every so often. Um, Let's 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 start wrapping up then. Sorry, I just had to bring up the wheelbox thing because it's been on my mind. Um, Has anyone got anything for us to finish off? Carl, you usually have something, even even if it's a a plug of some sort or a a, a mention of something. Um, Some green grass in the ball. We've just done the Euros. Um, Thanks for your copy on that, Trev. Much appreciated. Uh, And live admin. Um, some green grass in the ball this week is going to be about Graham Taylor. I'm literally going to write it tonight about the documentary, um, The Impossible Job when he's a manager, which might be the greatest football documentary ever made. And Sherlock Madler to Amber, the podcast I host, we've just had Janice Wilson on to discuss the Musgrave ritual. And we're soon going to be turning our attention to the Rygate Squires. That's if you like your Sherlock. Lovely stuff. Um, Guy, have you got anything you want to mention as we finish up here? Um, I'm I'm not I'm not rising to the base. You just went in two footed on me live <laughs> on a show. <laughs> I, I the fact that the fact that I've remained quiet, you should take that as a win, fucker. Now <laughs> move on. Right. Uh just a plug from me. Uh after uh, well, this evening I'm recording the first It Had Predictable pod with Tadiwa over on the EPL side. So we'll be doing predictions and I'll probably ch- talk for too long about how Newcastle are crap. Tends to be Excellent. how it goes. Excellent stuff. I'm Balotelli. I'll give... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep an eye out for that. Very good. So Tadiwa and Guy doing that. It's Had Predictable. And Cam, what have you got to finish us out with? Um... I've got nothing prepared, but what I will say is, um, people, if you've not been jabbed, get a jab. It's good for you. It's good for you. Uh, can I also finish by pointing uh, people in the direction of uh, the change-up that we're going to be having on Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro? You're going to be hearing more voices on this show. Um, we will be going every week. I've said that in the past. And then between the three of us, we often have difficulties in scheduling things. Guys stepped in over the last couple of weeks. Uh, God bless him. But he won't be able to do that on a regular basis. So we're going to get new voices in. I've already spoken to a few people and it's all very interesting and exciting. And if we have four voices, fantastic. But on an evening where we can't get the three of us together, we will still have a show um, because I'm committing to do it every week. Uh, so just to let people know that you'll be hearing little ads pointing you towards Anfield Index Pro and how to try that for nothing. And you should do that if you haven't done that. You're a listener to this show. I don't know what you'd be waiting for. Give it a, give it a whirl. Um, I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to like it. There's tremendous people doing tremendous work over there. 
And that was this for us. I think that was a good show. I think we kept as tight as we could, and we're getting out just in time for a guy to go off and do another show. God love him. So we will finish up. I've been Trev Denny. You heard Guy Drinkle. You heard Carl Kopek, and you've heard Cam Branch. The first part of the season under our belts, and we'll be back with you, like I said, as a promise, each week throughout the current season. Let's hope it's a victorious one that we can talk about lots of happy things. And if not, we will do our utmost to distract you with our usual nonsense here. So until we speak to you again. Sports Social Podcast Network.